I have traveled many moonless nights, cold and weary, with a baby inside, and I
Merry Christmas and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? You may be seated. I'm going to have a seat right here with what I call my favorite kind of snow. Fake, 
warm and dry. I don't know about you. It is beautiful. I have to tell you, it is beautiful. Sunshine and warmer weather. Um, and it's that time of the year that a couple things happen. Number one, I can wear these socks. They're Christmas socks. You don't get to wear them any other part of the year, so here we are. But the other thing, we wait almost an entire year to say two words that has changed the course of human history. So let's, let's say this. I'll say it first, and you reply with as much gusto as you have. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, incredible, isn't it? God loved this world so much that he sent his son. Jesus did everything necessary so we can have not just a Merry Christmas, not just a Happy New Year, but eternal life. A couple things before we continue our worship service. A little background to the video that you just saw. Some of you may know there is a, a TV series out called The Chosen. And they're taking the life of Christ and they're, they're telling it in, I'll just say, a very beautiful, profound, real way. And we're going to see clips from the pilot episode that's entitled The Shepherd. And I want to challenge us to put ourselves into the place of one, one shepherd in particular, and you'll get to know him. He's the one that was running where he dropped uh, his crutch because he was going to see this babe of Bethlehem. Uh, a little bit about that, that scene and really the scene about 2,000 years ago. Again, we, we don't know exactly what the shepherds all did, but we do know this, that for about 400 years, the children of Israel felt as if God was silent. The last prophet spoke words for God 400 years before we have the angels announcing to the shepherds. So no wonder there was a sense of awe and a sense of wonder in a, where their jaws are dropping. And they're in, I mean, just to see angels is one thing, but the fact that God hadn't spoken for 400 years, life-changing. And so I want you to be uh, taking that journey with us as we go in this Christmas Eve service. And if you would, put yourself in the place of that one shepherd. And how would you feel and what would you think if you experienced the things that will be depicted? All right, a couple quick announcements uh, for all of us. Uh, let's see, I, I know we have guests here tonight. I met a couple of you. Glad you're with us in worship. Uh, we'd like to get to know you, so you could text, you can... Stop at Next Steps. If you're on Facebook Live, you can put it in the comment section. In fact, if you go to the, uh, the chair backs in front of you, if you want to, there's a card in there that'll talk about, you know, if you're a guest, it'll also talk about communion. Because we're going to have that in a little bit. Communion is a gift that God has given to his people. And here at 1C, we believe it's bread and wine or juice. But also, it's the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So... If that's what you believe in, we invite you and encourage you to celebrate with us. And this card will kind of talk you through some of that for you. Um, also, uh, we have a new sermon series that's going to start the first Sunday in January. All right, so in two weeks, or actually 10 days now. So let's watch a video that's going to give you a little bit of a picture of what we're going to talk about.
So the first Sunday in January, we're going to talk about why better together. Why? And what does better together look like? So come on back. We'd love to have you and worship with us at uh, 9 or 11 every single Sunday. So love to have you come. Um, also, uh, two more announcements. The, the carol, the Christmas carol that we're going to be hearing, in fact, just in just the next song, that you could listen or sing if you know it, we'd love for you to, to sing it, is Mary, Did You Know? little background to it, the author of that is Mark Lowry. If you know anything about him, back in the 80s, 90s, he was a Christian comedian. Hilarious, absolutely funny. Well, his pastor came to him, and I think it was in Nashville, Tennessee, and said, Mark, would you write a song that kind of grabs hold of the, the story of the birth of Christ from Mary's perspective? And so what you're going to hear is, is that, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful um, narrative of what happened and maybe what was going through the mind and heart of Mary. Uh, and the last announcement, and I'm going to lead us in prayer, is uh, in a moment we're going to have people going through the, the congregation passing what we call the joy basket. On Christmas Eve, we remember the greatest gift that was ever given, the birth of Jesus and all that he did for us. And we are blessed beyond measure. And one thing that I've learned in my life is that it's really good to say thank you to God who blesses us. One of the ways, just a reminder, when we have music and we're singing that up here, you singing is one way to say thank you, God, for all that you've done. So please, please join in the singing. And then as we pass the, the basket, the joy basket, feel free to say, Lord, you know, how do you want me to show my thanksgiving? So let's pray now for our service and our time together. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. And on Christmas Eve, oh, we remember what happened in Bethlehem about 2,000 years ago. And while the rest of the world was busy with other things in a very quiet place at a very personal time, oh, your own son was born to be the savior of the world, to bless all of us with life now and forever. So Lord, may the songs we sing, may what we do with our actions and our gifts reflect how thankful we are. Thank you, Father, for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you your baby boy has come to make you new. This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind?
Boys and girls, come on up front for the kids' message. You can make your way right on up front here. Yeah, find a seat on the floor. Good job. <laughs> come on up. Yeah. Well, this Advent season, we've been taking a look at different Christmas carols. And today, we are looking at the song... Mary, did you know? And that makes me wonder, did Mary know just how big the gift of baby Jesus would be? And so I brought a big gift with me to help us think about how big the gift of Jesus is for us. All right, so here's a big gift. It's not a real gift. It's actually just a piece of poster board. But it's all decorated to look like a big gift. And you know what? Each one of these corners represents Jesus' love. How many corners do I have? Can you count them? You're right. It's four. You didn't have to wait to count them, did you? You saw that it was four. Yeah, there are four corners. And I thought, you know what? It's Christmas, and you're supposed to give gifts at Christmas. And I wanted to share Jesus' love at Christmas. So I'm going to give my four corners away so that you have some of Jesus' love, too. Who would like to come up and have a corner? Come on up. Come up. Okay. Yep, come on up, too. All right, there's one, two, three, four. There you go. Two. You stand here. Boys on one side, girls on the other. I don't know why. Just the way you walked up, I guess. All right, here we go. Sorry, I only have four corners to give away. What's it say? It says to you from Jesus. You know why? Because that's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? Oh, there's one corner. I only have one more corner left. All right, there you go. Sorry. All right, if you have a corner, stay right up here, okay? If you don't, go ahead and have a seat. Um, You have three corners. How did 
did you steal their corners? Is that, I only gave you one. I only gave you one corner, and now you have three? Did he take your corner? No. How many corners do you have? Three. You have three corners? Do you, everybody has three corners? That's three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. How did that happen? I only had four corners, and I gave away my four corners. See, I don't have any corners left. I do? How many corners do I have? Eight? I have eight corners, but I only had four, and I gave my four corners away. And so you've got 12. I've got, that's 20 corners. That's a lot more than four. You know what? I see what's happening. When we share Jesus' love with other people, it grows and it spreads, doesn't it? That is pretty crazy, isn't it? So I had none. Now I, or I had four. Gave them away. Now I have eight. Gave you one. You have three. Whoa. When you give Jesus' love away, it spreads and it grows that's pretty cool. You can go ahead and have a seat, okay? And you can keep the corner. That makes me wonder, did Mary know when she gave birth to baby Jesus, when she gave birth to baby Jesus, did she know that Jesus would give away his life as the greatest gift of all? Be yeah. That's right. An angel came and told her, didn't, didn't they? Yeah. It does kind of look like a gem. But you know what? Jesus is the greatest gift of all because he came and he gave away everything. Not just four corners of a gift, but he gave away his entire life for us. And he died on the cross so that we can be rescued from sin. But you know what? His love is so big and so powerful that it didn't stop there. Jesus rose from the grave and is alive. And he offers us life with him forever. And he gives us his love that can't be taken away. And even if we try to give it all away, it grows and spreads. That's an amazing gift, isn't it? If he didn't die on the cross, then we wouldn't be rescued from our sin, would we? So, But Jesus loves us that much that he would do that. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? So this Christmas, as you think about giving gifts to people and spending time with people, Think about sharing the love of Jesus with others, and it just spreads and grows throughout the whole world. Let's pray. Let's fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, your love is so big that we can't understand it all. But please fill us with your love to share with others. At Christmas and every day. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. All right, thanks for coming up. Teacher, I have a question about the Messiah. I've studied Torah every day. A and shepherd wants to learn. Yes. Do you believe the Messiah will set us free from the occupation? Yes, he will make a great military leader. Are you sure? Just because last Shabbat the priest read from Prophet Ezekiel and he did not say... How dare you? I'm sorry, teacher. He is obsessed. You brought this animal? I said spotless. Spotless, yes. These are for righteous men. 
for the perfect sacrifice. Very sorry. Very sorry. Very sorry. You wonder why the Messiah hasn't come? People like you keeping him away with your stains. If you come back here without a perfect lamb, I will banish you all from the marketplace. Now, come, come. I warned you about this. Are you deaf as well as lame? I'm sorry. We are not slowing down for you. You take this ramp back up to the hill and try and keep up. Or find your own way back. That video gives us a picture of really two different things. One, the sacrificial system that was practiced for years and generations was this. You bring a, um, a lamb without any spot or blemish, and then it's offered up to show your sorrow for sin, to atone for your sin. And um, so that was evident in that video. The other thing, if you looked at that, that one shepherd, and I told you, kind of look at the whole storyline in his eyes. Um, he was hungry. He was thirsty to understand about how God is working. He comes up against the religious establishment. And did you get what he said? You're one of the reasons why the Messiah hasn't come. In other words, you got to be perfect before the Messiah comes. That's flawed. In fact, we find in Scripture that the Messiah came because we couldn't be righteous, we couldn't do things right. Sin was going to be our reality, and that sin would separate us from God forever. So God said, I'm going to do something about that. And he came to this earth. And so I'd like to take you on a moment of prayer as we acknowledge that sin and our need for grace and mercy, and also prepare our hearts for this precious meal of Holy Communion. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we think about the way in which you work, you looked at humanity, you looked at us, and you knew that sin would keep us from you forever. And because your love for us was so great, you were willing to send that perfect lamb, the lamb, who was going to be offered up as the sacrifice and the payment for sins for all time. And that lamb, his name is Jesus. And I thank you that we have come to know that over the years. And we celebrate his sacrifice, his death, but also his resurrection. And we ask now, Lord, that as we come before you and as you present and give to us this gift of Holy Communion, you would grant us a faith to believe that your son is truly present in this meal, that our faith will be strengthened and that you will remind us again that you are always with us. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. 
This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with the distribution, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free during the next song to to receive those elements in faith, believing that Jesus is present. And if you're going to come up for continuous communion, just to let you know it's a little different, we're going to have three different stations. One here, one in the middle, and one on the side. I would say just kind of come up the aisle in which is closest to you, and we will serve you. If you come forward, if you desire gluten-free, just kind of let us know. Or if you desire juice, let us know that. And my prayer for you and for me is that we would realize, that we would recognize, that we would receive, that these are God's gifts for God's people. Let's continue our celebration. baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy and I just want to sing this song to you well it goes like this the fourth the fifth and minor fall with the major lift with every breath I'm singing Shone bright up in the east to Bethlehem, the 
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life and for ministry. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Oh, alleluia. Christmas prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, you are the light of the world. 
and the Prince of Peace that this world desperately needs. How I thank and bless you for coming to earth to die on the cross for our sins so that all who believe in your name might be given peace with the Father and may receive your peace and love into their hearts. Shine the light of your love deep within the hearts of all those that do not know you as Savior. Light the minds of those that are blinded to the truth of the glorious gospel of Christ Jesus our Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would draw many into your arms of forgiveness so that they too might be made right before God and receive his peace into their hearts at this time so that the goodwill that was promised by the angels so many years ago might become their portion this Christmas time. Grant all those that know and love you as Savior to be specially blessed this Christmas. And may you draw each one ever closer to your heart and love in a world that is becoming darker so that the light of your truth may shine through us to a world who needs Jesus, in whose name I pray. Amen. Would you please stand? Jesus gave us a short but very, very substantial prayer that we can use anytime, anywhere. So I'm going to ask you to please join me as we lift this prayer that Jesus gave us heavenward and then ask you to remain standing for just a moment for a brief reading of the Christmas gospel. Let's pray together the prayer that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Luke, he wrote an exquisite narrative detailing the birth of the Savior, the birth of Jesus, the Christ, our Messiah. And it begins in Luke chapter 2, and I would like to just share these first seven verses with you. This is sometimes known as the Christmas gospel. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated.
so beautiful. We must tell someone. We must tell everyone. We must tell everyone. Everyone. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We've waited for this for so long. So long. He's on. He's on. He's on. He's on. Oh, it's okay. Will you name him? Jesus. We will name him Jesus. I must go. In preparation for the sermon and, you know, working with some of that video, I think I watched this clip maybe at least 30 times. Historically speaking, we don't know exactly what took place when the shepherds came down and when they went into there and saw this baby Jesus. We don't know. But could that have very well happened? It could have been. Did you see the, the one part, and, and to me it's kind of a powerful thing, is the shepherds come in and they all kind of kneel, and then it, it looked like the head shepherd, the one that was kind of the boss of them all. When Joseph was holding the baby, ready to kind of let somebody hold the baby, the head shepherd was going like this. But where did jo Joseph go with the baby? Yeah. Let me, let me say it this way. Joseph went to the least likely of the least likely. Remember, the shepherds, at least from my standpoint, who should know about the birth of a savior? I mean, the shepherds, would they'd be on the list, but I don't know if I, I would make them number one. But they were number one. And then when it came to who gets to hold the baby Jesus, the world has a certain standard that says, well, the, the haves are the ones that should hold the baby first. But I think theologically speaking, they captured something so important. Because those shepherds, knew something that was absolutely important for life. Now, if you look at the title for the sermon for today, it's blank, did you know? And we could go through the big long list. If you saw my Facebook post today, I put down uh, blank, did you know? I had Mary, I had Joseph, I had Herod, I had the shepherds, I had the wise men. We can add some other names to it. Um, and, and really, the, the point of that post is, it doesn't matter who, but everyone needs to know this Jesus who came to be the Savior of the world. And then the rest of my list, family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, enemies. Everyone needs to know this Jesus that came into this world to do what we could not do. And what did he come to do? Well, we get a glimpse Prior to the birth of Jesus, we have this account between Gabriel the angel and Mary. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And then, he, then Gabriel says this, and his kingdom will never end. And I'm just picturing this 14-ish old girl named Mary hearing those words and going, wow, this is different. Because as a Jewish person, you look back in history and you look at the kingdoms and you look at some pretty powerful kingdoms that did not last. And so now Gabriel is telling her that this person who's coming, this king, his kingdom will never end. In other words, it's going to be a kingdom like none other. So she got to know that. And then she has this experience with Elizabeth, her cousin. And Elizabeth, looking at Mary, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says this, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. And what is that blessing? Well, it started unfolding as Jesus lived on this earth, as he ultimately suffered, died, and rose again. I mean, the ultimate blessing was to come. But Elizabeth had an inside track to that and told Mary, this is going to be something else. Then we have after the birth of Jesus, 40 days later, it was the custom to bring the baby to the temple. And we have this interaction between Mary, Joseph, Jesus, and Simeon. He has been waiting a lifetime to see the Savior. And it was promised that he would get to see the Savior. And he prays this prayer. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people, Israel. In other words, this blessing, this life is going to bring salvation for everyone, the least likely of the least likely. That's the story and that's the extent of God's love. And then Simeon goes a little bit further. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, these words, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be, will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow. Then Anna leans in, another elderly woman, says, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Remember what I said earlier? 400 years of silence. 400 years of waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for God to do something because life wasn't really good. They were oppressed and they were in trouble all the time and they were waiting. And I won't have you raise your hand, but have you ever waited for something? Have you ever been in a place and a circumstance and a situation where you are looking for some kind of salvation or some way out? And here we have it. The redemption of Israel. But going back to Simeon's words, he said in Luke 2.35, And a sword will pierce your own soul too. And it was a little foreshadow, a little prophecy that I don't think Mary caught. I don't really believe that she understood. But she understood it 33 and a half years later. When her own son, 
whose name is Jesus, was betrayed, arrested, beaten, and placed on a cross. It cut her heart. And while I would say as any parent or anybody, we like the warm fuzzies of this world. We like to picture baby Jesus in that manger cooing and just being a baby, right? But the one thing that I want us to remember is that the manger and the cross cannot be separated. It is one in the same. It is part of a whole. Jesus Christ was born to die. And the reason he was born to die is so that we can live. Born, death, live. That's the rhythm. And we get a very strong picture of that in Isaiah chapter 53. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. He took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. He is a man familiar with suffering. So if you're sitting here today and you've been in this moment of waiting because it has been just so long, Jesus understands. He knows. And he is loving you right now through whatever you're going through. Big, little, in between. He is so in love with you, he was willing to come to this earth to, to be born in a manger. Lowly birth. He was willing to live that life and then ultimately be willing to suffer and die. So going back to the title, this is where I want you to take the story of Christmas personally. I want you to kind of make it about this very moment, right here, right now. Because I'm going to tell you of all the things that you could know in life, everything else is temporal. I joked at both of the services. I play ping pong, and I'm very good at ping pong. My dad taught me how to play ping pong, and I know ping pong. But you know what? That only gives me temporary happiness. E example, if I beat you, it would only last for a little bit. But if you know Jesus, you know something totally different. You know something that will be with you right now, right here in this moment, but also something that will bring you through everything you go through into eternal life with your heavenly Father in a place called heaven. Nothing like it. Better than anything. So, Jim Thielen, do you know? Put your own name in there. Do you know this Savior of the world who has come for you and for me? Did you know that that very first silent night and holy night was created with you in mind? Did you know that? I pray you do, because it is a matter of life and death. As is the custom in many churches, we're going to light a candle. And uh, 
two instructions. One, you'll be standing in just a moment. But the other instruction is this. Only tip unlit candles. So if you have an unlit candle, tip it this way to the one that's lit. Pretty simple instruction, right? So I would like to invite you to stand, and we have people that are going to come forward and get the light off of the, the Advent wreath, and we will share it and watch the light get brighter.
Extinguish your candles and please be seated. People must know. People must know. People must know. shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. I told you not to come back here. So where is it? Have you found a spotless lamb for sacrifice? The look on his face says he did. And my prayer is for all of us that the look on our face, the look on our heart would say, we know this Jesus, and we know who he is and what he did and the blessings we have because of him. The shepherd came to a understanding, a conclusion. He's loved, he's cared for, he's valued, he's chosen. I mean, the storyline is beautiful for that shepherd, but it's the storyline for you and me. He loves you. He cares for you. He values you. You are chosen by him because he loves you. If you caught that little moment in interaction between the, that shepherd and Mary and Joseph, after he hears the name of uh, the baby, Jesus, Mary says, his arm, his arm. Remember, he had cut the arm when he, was, he fell down. And so then Mary takes part of the swaddling cloth 
takes it off, gives it to Joseph. Joseph gives it to the shepherd. The shepherd wraps it up. Beautiful, beautiful imagery. Well, on your way out today, we're going to give you all a piece of linen. And it says something on there that I want you to know and believe and hold on to for dear life. And it's the phrase, I am chosen. God has chosen you, chosen you because he loves you. And I just encourage you to put this somewhere, somewhere, somewhere that you will see this so that you can be reminded of something that's vital and important for us as we live our lives. You are chosen and loved and cared for. Amen. I'd like to invite you to please stand for the blessing, and then we're going to sing, Go Tell It on the Mountain. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Our shepherds kept their watching over silent fox by night. Peace and serve the Lord.
Christmas time in the middle of a city seeking its salvation with every string of lights that suddenly appears. Children stare with newfound wonder, no one dares to break the trance. Every wish is carefully numbered, God has granted all a second chance. in life such a thing must be but such a thing should not be known this night this night this
Candle wax of melted dreams. 